You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's cool fact of the day is that if you're feeling lonely, you might feel better by taking a hot bath or shower. Studies show that immersing yourself in hot water can be a substitute for emotional warmth. On the other hand, feeling cold physically can lead to you feeling lonely, which is why I like to be in my cryo chamber at least once a day at 270 degrees below zero, because, well, after that, everything feels like I'm not lonely, right? Uh, but more seriously, the other way to have emotional warmth, other than being in a hot bath, is actually to be in a warm bed with another person and have some personal contact. So I highly recommend that if you don't have any hot water nearby. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. On the show today, you're going to hear a conversation that Brendan Burchard and I had at the third annual Bulletproof Biohacking Conference. Brendan was a keynote speaker at the event. He's been a previous guest on Bulletproof Radio, and he's a world-renowned personal development trainer. He's founder of High Performance Academy, where I'm going to be speaking this year. It's, it's an event that's like no other for people who want to perform really well. He's host of the Charged Life podcast, and he wrote the number one New York Times bestsellers, The Motivation Manifesto, the Charge, and The Millionaire Messenger. 
He's been ranked the number one personal development show on YouTube. And you might have seen him, if you're a fan of Oprah anyway, when he taught Oprah's online O courses on the OWN network, which is a really, really big thing. After his keynote address, Brendan and I just sat down like literally five minutes after and we talked about his definition of high performance and the five qualities top performers have in common. It was interesting too that on the way to filming, we watched a car accident happen literally right next to us. So we're walking from backstage to where we're going to record this episode when we watched a Jeep run into a Prius. Uh, Needless to say, the Jeep was the one that won, but fortunately no one was seriously injured. We also talk about why he and I were the first two people on the scene, even though there were lots of other people standing on the sidewalk. But you can learn more about him at brendanburchard.com. You are going to love this episode. I had a great time, and this is a personal one-on-one conversation where we're sitting in the same room, so there's like a special energy to it. You'll love this episode. Watch it on YouTube if you can. Brendan, you just got off stage at the Bulletproof (laughs) Conference. We had about 1,000 people in the audience, and you were talking about high performance and what it takes. And you run High Performance Academy, which is why you gave the opening keynote at the Bulletproof Conference. Thanks for having me, man. You're on Bulletproof Radio today to kind of give a recap of what you shared live with everyone. Mm -hmm. Just what do you do for high performance? You've been on the show before. Uh, I love your work and we're friends. I'm going to be speaking at your conference. You spoke at mine. But I think there's so much you have to offer listeners. So I want to run down the main points of your presentation and just share this knowledge because a lot more people are going to hear it at work or driving in their cars than heard it live just now. True. Yeah, uh, love to. First off, the my opening point was high performance or being bulletproof isn't a luxury anymore. Yeah, it used to be like a nice to have, and like you and I were like like these weird biohacker guys <laughs> on the side, and and we were teaching different strat. We have mm-hmm. different approaches to what we teach, but ultimately, it's how do you optimize human performance? How do you optimize who you are? But not just at some intellectual hacker level. Yeah. But in day-to-day life, your real health, your real productivity, your real ability to get things done, your ability to show up present and mindful and engage and energized, enthusiastic for your family or your team, these aren't like conceptual fun things that some you know geeks in the corner are doing. What it's become is a massive need to survive yeah. in the modern era. Before it was kind of a luxury and it was cool for people, but now everyone is so stressed, so yeah. overstretched, feeling so many obligations, but also excited about so many opportunities, but they keep sort of running out of gas. I like to say the emotional energy of the world is kind of flatlined a little bit. Yeah. Because people are not only eating bad, they're just thinking bad. Yeah. And their habits are bad. And I don't mean it in some negative judgmental way. It's just that most people have never had access to what is it the world's most extraordinary people are doing. And if we can figure out their strategies and their habits, break down the tools that they're using and give those to people, they'll hit bulletproof, they'll hit high performance. And so the start was really, this isn't a luxury anymore, guys. We've got to get on this. It, it's funny, if you look back at like ancient China or, or all, there were these like family secrets for high performance. Right. There's, there's <laughs> martial arts lineages where yeah. it's like, okay, like these are the family secrets and we'll pass it down. But it, there was this kind of like, we're going to hide it. And uh, you've done a lot of work on sort of shining lights on things, saying, all right, what do these people actually do? Yeah. 
and when I started doing this, I was really surprised that, that so many really high performance people were so open about what they do. Right. Have you run across people who are like, I'm not going to tell you my secrets? No, they're, they're really yeah. open. And usually when I get to work with them, I've had, I've had different experiences. Like uh, you, you obviously you work with a lot of them at a performance level as well as interviewing with them. And most of mine has just been at a straight up performance level right. under like NDAs because these are, you know, Olympians. These are right. Fortune 50 CEOs. These are, you know, celebrities on covers of magazines. And they're like... I don't want people to know I'm struggling with yes. this. That was five years ago. Five years ago, they're like, you know, Brendan, don't tell anyone we're doing these things. It's going to give me an unfair, you know, it's a competitive advantage. Yeah. You know, and now it's like they're constantly asking me, like, what everyone, what's everyone else doing? Because they're, everyone, everyone's looking for that little edge, that little push, that little magic mm -hmm. thing. And so what I shared today on stage was basically I've discovered that there's like five things that they just get right in their life. And because they master these five things, everything else goes along well right. for them. And so I started, the first thing I shared was clarity. Okay, tell me about clarity. They're unbelievably clear about three things. I didn't get to all of them on stage, but the first one is they're clear about who they intend to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in some conceptual airy-fairy way. It's like, right. no, actually, they've written on it before. They're like, these are the three traits of a person I want to be. I, I want to be as you know, present or bold or engaged, yeah. or I want to be charismatic. I want to be this, and they, consistently think about who they are supposed to be and live into that intention each day. So it's not like I had a good day or a bad day. It's like, no, I know this day I'm going to be like this, especially athletes, right? It's like yeah. this day I got to be in this mindset. I got to be like this to perform. But I now see that at high-level entrepreneurs, high-level executives. It's just that mindset of intentionality has become so popular, but they're actually doing it. The other clarity they have is how they want to interact with people. Okay. They have like cues and triggers in their mind. Like I'll do door frame triggers with people or eyesight triggers with people, which what, means- What's a door frame trigger? A door frame trigger is you're gonna walk into the, your boardroom. When you walk through that door, you trigger your mind on three words. Just intention cues. You say, mm -hmm. okay. You walk in, you say, for example, you, give, you say energized, listen more, and then give direction. Or whatever, just, yeah, you just whatever your words are. You, whatever your words are, your phrases are. You just cure yourself. But it's every time you walk through that door, that's what you say. So I tell people this: if you're going to go home to your sweetie, to your wife, your husband, when you walk in that door, say something to yourself every time, because that frames your ability to interact well. And then the last thing they're really clear about is what makes them successful. I love this one. I used to ask this: what makes you successful? And people used to really struggle. And now, I think people are more contemplative because they listen to you, they listen to this, this new sort of era of open self-discovery, and they'll say, you know what makes me successful are these five things. And they're conscious of them, and they're constantly doing them. An athlete knows their routines, and they're gonna, these five things, that makes, and it's not, I used to really have to dig and struggle to find it. Real high performers, they got them, they know mm -hmm. them. So I tell everyone, just like, sit down, describe who you wanna be, set up intention cues for you to remind yourself to do that. I told the audience to put it in their phone. Nice. So as an alarm on my phone, three times a day, mm -hmm. an alarm comes up and it says three words on it. What are your three words? Uh, right now, mine are present, enthusiastic, and bold. I, I think you pulled that off. Yeah, but I didn't used to. <laughs> That's how it happened. Yeah. I actually didn't used to be bold. So mm -hmm. I made that one of my words. And I put it in my alarm. But, I said, I'm was that like a Peter Diamandis influence? No, this is like seven years ago. Oh, okay, long time. All right. <laughs> you cool. know, um, but I, I just wanted to be bold in who I was and how I was making my decisions, but not 
bold with other people. So what I tell people is, you might have three words to describe your ideal mm -hmm. self, then three separate words to describe the interactions you want to have with people. Okay. And then five reminders of what makes you successful. Put that on a card or put it in your phone, put it on the mm -hmm. mirror as a trigger. Know those, if you know those three things, you have clarity. Because most people think clarity is a big, you know, esoteric conversation about life's purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm like, a lot of people don't know their ultimate life's yeah, purpose. Most people don't. And it would be a tremendous sense of ego to say you actually do know that. Because I, at a spiritual level, I'm not, I'm not sure that we're ever going to discover that exactly, that this was so, our finite. So, so you, don't, you don't believe that there is a, a process or a path to determine, like, the reason you're here? Um, I would say reasons you're here. Reasons. That, so there's more than one. Okay. That, that we might consciously point. be able to uh, choose. I don't, but our ultimate finite purpose, I don't know. Because it may not be finite is what you're saying. Yeah. And so a lot of our work, I'm always just telling people in high performance, I say, okay, there's seven main areas of your life. Have deep intentionality to optimize all levels yes. of those. And maybe that's your purpose or it will emerge from that because purpose usually emerges from growth and momentum. If you look at some of the, the more Eastern approaches, you know, like the purpose is, is basically to approach enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And well, so whether or not you believe enlightenment is, is a possibility or, or an ultimate goal, if you're optimizing all of those seven areas and continuously on a path, well, you're on a path towards something and there's got to be a name for that. But when all that's of right. them are, all the op are, are fully all the way optimized, I, I don't know the name for that, but that's where I'm headed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, that old, uh, there's also Eastern philosophy, purpose only reveals itself to you when you're on your path. Yeah. And so it's, maybe you could sit down and really think about it and come up with goals, come up with intention, come up with a vision even, and, and understand your value bedrock, your characters okay. you want to be. And then purpose might really emerge because you, you just never know. Uh, I don't know if it's okay to share, but it's, sure. you and I are walking over to film this, record this, we see an accident. Yeah, just a full on a car, full -on car accident. Yeah. That could have forever altered that person's conceptualization of purpose. Mm -hmm. Just like my car accident, when I had a car accident, I was a 19 year old kid, I, it forever altered my, my beliefs about myself, my mission, what I wanted in life. So those things can be changed. They can, as you, yeah. you, when the kids leave the house, your purpose gets unsettled a little bit again. So yeah. it's okay. I, I always tell people, because there's a lot of guilt about people who don't feel like they know their ultimate grand perfect purpose. Yeah. And I was like, dude, the universe is a big place. Can, can you find something better to feel guilty about anyway? Like, yeah. Like do something that was like a little scary and then feel yeah. guilty that you did or didn't do it or something, but to just sort of feel guilty about some esoteric kind of uh, ephemeral thing. Right. But you're right. There is a sense of that for people. And it's tough to get out of that kind of guilt. Yeah. What do you and if it's not guilt. Yeah. It can be restlessness. Even like, better. It, you know, they're just like, I, I feel like there, there's something more for me. And so what I always tell them, you're going to discover that more in improving all these areas of your life. Your health, your family, your friendship, your mission, mm -hmm. your hobbies, your finances, and ultimately your spirituality or your consciousness. Those are the seven areas. Okay. So I say just zero in on those, improve them the best you can, and you'll start, the restlessness starts to go away because you're more intentional. The stress starts to go away because you optimize your health. And uh, I mean, you're the, you know, preaching the choir here, the best guy on the planet about this stuff. And then it's also just about when you feel a momentum in many areas of your life, that clarity comes to you and you find not balance in external things, but balance of mind and body. So amid the chaos, you feel stronger and centered. And I was sharing that on stage as well. 
so that covered clarity pretty well. Uh, yeah. Pretty profound stuff, actually. But you also talk about energy, which is a major part of yeah. both of us. Like that's why every yeah. time we hang out, we sort of geek out <laughs> on like, how do you upgrade energy? Yeah. Right. So what did you share at the conference about energy? Uh, I shared first and foremost, never fall into the victim mentality that believes that oh, I don't have any energy. Oh yeah, it's always there, right? It's also, yeah, my metaphor is the power plant doesn't have energy, it generates energy. Yeah. And that was the biggest breakthrough of my life for me personally. Well said. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I, I don't have sadness because I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, you know, have a negative thinking pattern. I don't have these things. I'm generating these. And I'm either generating them because I'm based on conditioning and just momentum in one direction or automatic thinking, or I'm gonna generate them by will, by discipline, by intention, by mindfulness. And when I moved into that more, that, that camp that was really focused on, what energy do I wanna feel each day? And being responsible for my space, for the energy I'm putting out through my mind, my body, my emotions, my facial expressions, my voice, my tone. And I said, I, I wanna create positive energy in the world and I wanna experience that, how would I do it? So for me, it, it began at a very spiritual um, and physical level okay. of just, what energy am I outputting? And that actually brought me to a lot of your work and a lot of this conversation of now the next level of that, well, how do we get into physiology and really tweak our, our you know, everything that we take and consume um, through our mouth you know, yeah. to, to optimize that, whether it's what I drink, what I eat, how I fuel through different sort of patterns that I'm involved in, whether I'm working out or having a rest day or, or I'm working very intellectually and writing. Mm -hmm. There's just different things and you're so good at that breaking down. You, you've, I've always felt like all your products serve to optimize someone's brain so they have what I think everyone really wants with energy and that is presence and stamina. It, it's kind of funny when you talk about how you don't have energy, you generate energy. Yeah, it, your mitochondria, these little things in your cells are what generate energy. Right. And, a lot of the stuff that, that I talk about does for the brain, well, it's just because you have more mitochondria in the brain than everywhere else. But when you do it up here in the brain, you get it throughout the body. Right. So there's stuff you can do for neurotransmitters and, and very specific, but the baseline generate more energy now, whether you use it to run or to think, like it's your energy, right? Yeah, well, I have people but stood up, what we did, we had your whole audience stand up. I said, close your eyes, don't move. Let's see if you can just use your mind to speed up how you feel to speed up, to, mm -hmm. could you just close your mind and make a decision to get more energy? Now when I say it here, maybe people can recognize, but when you're in a room and you actually stand up, mm -hmm. and you just close your mind and say, you know what, I'm gonna take my level from, I'm a level two energy, I wanna go to level 10, let me see if I can get two to three, and three yeah. to four, without even moving, without doing mm -hmm. anything dramatic, and people are like, oh my gosh, I feel better. Because yeah. <laughs> they had this intention to generate more energy, and then we add breath, Mm -hmm. Then we add movement, yes, and all of that stacked on top of so much of what you teach, especially just getting the biology in, in your body figured out a little bit better, so that you have the fuel that you've, you know, you, whether you've got the fats, uh, whether you've got the nutrition and supplementation, whether you've got the ability to maintain that physical energy as a base, what, then everything amplifies. What if you have energy but not clarity? I think you become a pretty irresponsible person. <laughs> exactly. That's why clarity is important, right? I think that's half the people in Vegas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? You know, I think it's like, and I think a lot of people do have that. And, and I think a lot of youth have that. Very much, right? I think a lot of times when we do irresponsible things, mm -hmm. we have that. You know, I, and there's no person who's listening or watching who hasn't had a moment where they're like, 
I can't believe I did that. <laughs> and maybe they did have the energy to, yeah. to take the action, but later on they're like, gosh, I just, that wasn't who I wanted to be. That wasn't how I wanted to interact with people. And that's not what makes me successful. Yeah. And then, so I think all these things in high performance, they all stack together, just like everything that you fuel or eat or teach all of that just adds to the success that your students are having. And that's why I think your podcast just continues to grow, man. That's the clarity plus energy. All right. And next up, you talk about courage. Yeah. So what is the role of courage in high performance? Everything. Okay. Because without courage, there's no real acceptance of challenge. And with no acceptance of challenge, there's no growth. And so it's that ability to say, I, courage isn't something you do. Courage is a willingness to do something. Does that make sense? Well, it, we it's often a, get it's that a back. It's a willingness to fail in, yeah. in the way I think about it. Where yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to do it and I might not succeed. Oh, well, I'm still going to do yeah. it, right? That's the essence of courage, whether it's you know, saving someone's life or just trying something you're afraid of. It, 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 it's like you, might not, you yeah. might not get what you wanted, but you're willing to try. I think it's a, it, yeah, it's a willingness to uh, not even just fail, but that failure, even backing it up, it's a willingness to reach a new level of expression yeah. or application. And so expression is, you know, I'm, I'm going to show people who I really am and not mm, in a metaphorical way. It's like, no, be more explicit with your spouse about what you want. Tell your team your big idea. Share what you really think and feel and need and desire and dream of with your friends and your family. Because a lot of people right now, they feel like people don't understand them. And so they blame other people. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't understand me. I say, well, you didn't have courage to be expressive, explicit, and consistent enough with that communication for them to get it. Because a lot of yeah. people say, well, I told her what I wanted. I'm like, when? Well, 1944. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, it takes a lot of courage to be consistent in expressing who you are. Yeah. And people forget that all the time. Courage isn't some grand act. It is the act of expressing who we really are and pursuing or applying the values we really believe. You and I saw the car accident, you know, f I'm sure 20 other people did. Yeah, really you and I close. were the first ones walking into the street. Mm -hmm. And that isn't because, not, it's not we're courageous men, it's the application of something we believe in. Yep. And we're willing to do it when other people might have that same belief, but they don't apply it. And so courage comes in the application of expressing ourselves or following our values. Right. Um, at the same time, I, I, there's also some risk, right? You, you go to a, a car accident, you, you have no idea what's going on, you have no idea, like, like is, is there legal liability? Right. Is someone going to bleed yeah. all over the place? Like, are yeah. you going to basically, like, spend the rest of the day keeping, you know, CPR? You, just, you have no idea. You, you yeah. go and, and you do, right? Yeah. But it's a willingness to sort of set that aside. and be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do what is in alignment with, you know, my clarity, my purpose. And like, yeah. you, you help people and they need it. Yeah, and right? stop, you know, it's a challenge. And I know it's, it sounds insensitive when I say it sometimes because, you know, I'm talking to high performers, so we have yeah, this yeah. ability to do this because I know your audience preaches and loves this stuff as much as you know, I do, but it's about stop avoiding the risk and start pursuing yes. your values, Yeah. period. It's like when you're on the path of, uh, of your values or your mission or your true character ethic who you decided I want to be, um, then you're gonna take those actions. It's like uh, people talk so much about risks. I'm like, it's not about mitigating them, it's just about realizing they don't need to hold so much yeah. on you. Yeah. Because a lot of people are so focused on the negative or the concern that they're lacking the approach to what they could gain. It's like in fear, people don't really have fear. They, uh, fear, isn't, uh, fear is often overspoken about without specificity. Okay. Fear is really concern about pain in three areas. 
loss pain. If I do that, I'm gonna lose something. I'll lose mm -hmm. status, prestige, right. my job, my office, the friends I like. Process pain, which is really hardship. It's like, if I try that, it's gonna be hard. Yep. I'm, it's gonna be outside my capability or my competency. I'm gonna be uncomfortable mm -hmm. or, or get hurt. Yeah, fear of discomfort and pain. Yep. Yeah. And then the third one is outcome pain, which is a glorified phrase for kind of disappointment. Well, what if the grass isn't greener? Right. And I went through all that. I did lose, I went through hardship, and I don't lose the weight, or I don't get the job, or she doesn't say yes. And so what we have to teach people is, that's, that's, all, that's where the fear is coming from, those three things. So you gotta take that loss and turn it towards the focus of, okay, be aware of that, mm -hmm. but what's the gain? And right. are you as attached to that? What about that hardship? Well, what if that could be joyful? What if that could, you could find flow in something in that? Mm -hmm. What if you could really access that thing that might be hard, but approach it as a challenge, as a joyful journey, honor the struggle versus hating it. And what if instead of you know, just envisioning the dire consequences of everything, you set up habits that allowed you over a period of time to ensure that you got what you wanted. So right. you did take control of what you could and then be okay with the outcome of where it turns out. So just the mentality that you have yeah. to teach people, because I don't actually think people are as fearful as they think they are. I think they haven't thought enough about their fears to overcome them. It's, you know, the, uh, who was it, Winston Churchill, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And there is that sort of meta fear which drives a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, something happened last night. My, my daughter tore off like half of her thumbnail. She's eight, mm. right? And, and, you know, kids at that age freak out. <laughs> yeah. it, this is fear of pain. I mean, yeah. it's a real pain, but it's also, she was more freaking out about the pain. And then she looked at me and, and I, I, t I teach some body awareness and she goes, Daddy, I, I feel something right up here on my chest. And she's like, it's right up here. And she was like pointing to where the the fear of pain was manifesting in her oh, body. Wow. And I was like, great job, Anna. You found where the pain is. You see that? That is, you know, that's your body being afraid of it hurting, right? And she was like, oh, it is. And, and nice. just, like, <laughs> it was the coolest thing to watch. I love that. And once she became aware that she was fearing the pain yeah. more than just feeling the pain, that's right. She stopped like wigging out and started being, all right, I guess we'll cut the nail and you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. But most of the time, like when I was a kid. No one ever taught me that, so I, I didn't understand that there was like a manifestation of fear of fear in the body. Right. But uh, just being aware of, okay, where am I feeling that right now when you have that discomfort, I think it'd be really valuable. Yeah, and what you did is you taught her not to run from it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's there, honey. Yeah, good job, good job finding it. That's a huge, that's a huge, most people, they're like, they're just running from the discomfort without ever looking at it. When I was a kid, I just brought this up because, you know, from your daughter, but when I was probably around her age, uh, I remember being terrified at nighttime of uh, just like the boogeyman or the bad yeah, guy yeah, in the closet right. kind of thing. And I remember one night specifically, I looked in the closet, it was dark, and there was a figure in the closet. And I was terrified. I literally was laying there, I was shaking, my physical body was shaking um, and terrified. And I had the covers up over my head as if the, <laughs> the, as if the super blanket's gonna right. protect me from the murderer with yeah, the ax. Yeah. But I was just terrified and I, I mean, it felt like hours, but it was probably only minutes. But, and I finally said, this is, this is crazy. And I was in martial arts at the time as a little kid. And I was like, yeah. you know, I, I gotta go fight this demon or something. And finally I throw out the covers, I turn on the light to go and fight this thing. And of course it's my baseball cap, and my, <laughs> my jacket. And, and I was like, oh my. but I always think that that's, yeah. that's fear. Mm -hmm. It's this big scary thing until you flip the light on, look at it for what it really is, and then you're like, that was it? Yeah. And I think you were teaching her that, so, which is really cool. Uh, that's all right. It, that's incredible. I love getting the interview because you, you always <laughs> come up with the coolest stuff. 
dynamics of productivity, the next thing you talked about. What are the dynamics of productivity for high performers? Yeah, um, the biggest breakthrough we had at High Performance Academy, this was tracking uh, 1,700 people, was um, we can get you 30% more productive if you will just stop looking at your email in the first 60 minutes of the day. <laughs> it is Amen. so basic, but I've literally, I mean, the people we've taught this to, their lives have changed because 60 minutes is a little bit arbitrary, but that was, that was the study. Um, and the reason, philosophically it makes sense. Most people wake up, smartphone owners, 90% of them upon waking, the first thing they do is grab their phone and check in. Check in wow. their email and social media. 90% of smartphone users in North America That's do this. That's nasty. And so what do you do is you're checking out of your life, you're checking into your inbox, and now you're entering a world of reaction. I said on stage that you know the, the inbox is nothing but a convenient organizing system of other people's agendas. <laughs> And That's so such a good quote. you've stepped out of your life agenda into their life agenda, and now you're just automatically framing yeah. the day for reaction. So all day you're actually reacting without any vision, mm -hmm. without any controlling of your life agenda. So I always tell people, get up, get some water, move and stretch, or if you do your workout, do your workout. But if you don't work out, that's fine. Stretch for 15 minutes. This is part of the study. Stretch for 15 minutes, take 10 deep breaths, then sit down with a piece of paper, and we call it the one-page productivity guide people can find on the internet. One-page productivity guide. It just says, at the top, there's a row, and it says, list out your, prior, or your projects, and what major things would you have to do to move forward to those projects. Doesn't mean today, yeah. just means in general. Second row is your people row. Who do you need to reach out to today, and who are you waiting on for a decision from today? Right. And the bottom, is, bottom row is priorities. What must happen today? Okay. Just fill this out. And that's really all you're doing is you're just kind of journaling, but envisioning, well, oh yeah, what are the major things I'm working on in my life? Okay, right, it's grounding yourself back into your life. Uh, who am I waiting on? And your first action when you do email mm -hmm. is you sort it by who sent you emails, looking for, did Sally send me the proposal? She didn't, so the first email is, email Sally, Sally, okay. still waiting on a proposal. Right. So now at the end of the day, you're never like, oh, I didn't, I forgot I was supposed to do these things. You ever supposed to send these emails to these people? You send them all in the morning. So now the day, anything else that comes in is just reaction. Okay. But in the morning, you use the inbox as what it's supposed to be, a tool for you to communicate, manage, and get ahead of your life. Everything else in there is people trying to do that against you or with you. Right. And you have to be attentive to that. Uh, and then I would say from there, it's all about having cues throughout the day to keep you on track and to build energy and endurance throughout the day. So I tell people, every hour on the hour, if I do it every 50 minutes, and so do our clients, but every hour at least, get up, move. Take 10 deep breaths. It take a one to four minute break every hour. Even if you feel energized, you're like, no, I'm, dude, I have so much energy. I'm like, still get up. Because the body needs to be open and replenished to have stamina at four, five, six p.m. Just as much as you know, if, mm -hmm. if we're not getting the proteins and saturated fats, early on enough in the day, you're gonna bonk in the afternoon. Yep. You know? Yep. So it's the same idea. The body needs movement, the mind needs to be closed, the breath needs activation. And if you're doing that every hour, I mean, I'm, a, I'm this annoying at 8 p.m., man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having that high energy is a different state. I, I didn't used to have it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I had brain energy problems. Like, like, I remember. Like chronic fatigue stuff. And yeah, when you become aware of that and, and you don't let it dip throughout the day, and if you find it dipping, you do something, it, 
it, it's something high performance people are going to do just yeah. like you had the audience do like crank up your energy and you can do it cognitively mm -hmm. and if you try it cognitively and it fails what okay now it's biological and mm -hmm. then there are steps you can take there that's right? right and most people just get it wrong they try to replenish when they don't have the energy mm -hmm. and it's too late yeah and that is why we have you moving on the hour and breathing on the hour even you know high level fortune guys mm -hmm. i tell you look look it's just even if it's one to two minutes, that could literally be standing, bouncing in place, closing your eyes, taking 10 deep breaths, getting some water or a, a, a great snack, sitting down and keep going. That's all. You know what I do that's super dorky? Um, I have a Bulletproof Vibe uh, right behind my standing desk. So I'll literally go and I'll stand on that. For like oh, is it the platform seconds. that shakes? Yeah, we, man, we manufacture it. Yeah. It's a whole body vibration thing. Yeah. You sent me one. I got one at my event. I okay, used good, it. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, so there it's you go. It's backstage at my at last cool. high performance game. It, it, like, it like gets your energy going. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I do like when I'm taking those little breaks. Yeah. And, you know, you can do it on a, a little trampoline. You can just jump up and down. You can shake your body. You can do whatever you whatever yeah. feels good, right? Jump, jump rope. Like yep. any of those things is going to do it. But you might look kind of stupid in your suit and tie at a Fortune 500 company. But, jumping no, rope, you know but. we have them go in a, a conference room without windows, mm -hmm. or we have them go in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I, I had one executive said, "So you want me to go to the bathroom?" Stand and bounce in place and take 10 deep breaths. <laughs> because <laughs> that, that's going to be a little weird when people come in. I go, I don't care. I don't care about the impression. I care about the energy that you have to serve. Yeah. And so I think it's really important. So if you add to the power play to the bulletproof vib vibration. Is that yeah, bulletproof vibe. It's vibe. Called, I love yeah. that vibe. So if you add to the vibe, when you get off there, make sure you close your eyes. Mm -hmm. And then you take your natural bouncing mm -hmm. rhythm and take 10 deep breaths that people could hear in another room. Like, I like the new dry breath kind of thing, right? Through your mm -hmm. nose, mouth closed. Right. You're going to be like, it's like a hit of cocaine because it's super oxygenation mm -hmm. in the body. It activates everything that you and I both know and we need to know from, from our lymph system to giving our neurological system a little bit more of what it needs, blood flow, oxygenation, and you'll, you'll feel it. It'll be yeah. another level. Yeah, absolutely will. And this is the sort of things people go into the bathroom, they hide it. But we're talking about what high performance people do. And this is what they do. I, I do the same kind of thing. Like there's a, a breath I learned from, uh, from the Art of Living Academy. I, I used to do the Art of Living breathing stuff every day. And there's some breaths that, that energize you. I think they even call it like the caffeine breath or, or something, mm. right? And, and, and it's, you know, and, and you, you pull your arms yep. down. You can't see this if you're just listening. If you go to our YouTube channel, you can see the exercise. But um, what we do is you put your arms above your head, almost like you're gonna do a jumping jack, and then you bend your elbows and pull your elbows down to your rib cage mm -hmm. while you're exhaling through the nose. And you do that really fast three or four times. And it like, like bam, mm -hmm. it, it's this hit of energy. And, and if you're really cratering, like I used to in meetings, I'd be like, I'm just gonna run out real quick. And, and you go out into the bathroom and I'd like do that three or four times. Like, okay, yeah. get a glass of cold water and go back in and like you can make it. It's, it's incredible. Your, your breath is dictating so much of your energy and people lose sight of that all the time. Um, you know, but every high performer I know has breath work that they're doing. Yeah. Every, I mean, yeah. from, from extreme crazy people at Wim Hof method, yeah. you know, it's just that intense deep breath for, held over a period of time, intense flooding of the breath mm -hmm. and releasing not out, not all of it out. So you almost get lightheaded. It, it's it's it, funny you mentioned Wim Hof. Uh, he's making a cameo unscheduled appearance on Saturday. He's going to drop in. Oh during man, one of my keynotes this is why people session. need to come to Bulletproof. <laughs> really, it's just like yeah. I, I, we were walking over here and two or three of friends or four or five people I've wanted to meet. You're like, oh, he's on stage, he's hanging out. It's oh like, yeah, Bill Harris, uh, Lewis Howes, like, all kinds of cool yeah. people hanging out here, right? Yeah, totally. I love it. All right, we're coming up on the end of the show, and I'm trying to figure out what else. I think we covered all of all of the the five things here, but. Our influence. We didn't cover influence. Oh, influence. Really Let's talk about influence. Thank you. We got for it. Cover influence. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people want 
to have that and just like energy, you don't have it, you generate well, it. What is influence? How do you define influence? Um, well, that's interesting how I would define it. Um, I define it as something that is achieved with another person mm -hmm. when there is a high level of trust, but also direction of how that person thinks and feels and relates with you. Um, and I think that comes from basically two things. It's real influence, I tell you all the time, think of someone who really influenced in your life. I guarantee you they did these two things. One, they taught you how to think. Yep. But we're not conscious of what we're teaching people to think by our role modeling or by explicitly what we say. You know, that's why podcasts are so amazing because we're really it's just teaching people how to think about things. Right. It's conversation and in conversation, mm -hmm. they're learning how to think. So if anyone said bulletproof changed my life, it's because really we just taught them a new way to think or yep. we help them access a different level of thinking for themselves. So first, be explicit. Tell your kids how they should think about school. Tell your teams how they should think about mm -hmm. themselves, the company, the mission, the legacy, the competition, the economy. Right. Tell your spouse how you feel like you should be thinking about this stage of your marriage, this stage of your life. Mm -hmm. But and if it's explicit and it comes out, then you're going to have an influence. If you're just implicit, hoping that people pick up on your hints, you'll never have the highest level of influence with them. And then the second thing that I guarantee that person did for you is they challenged you. Influence ultimately comes from challenge. Right. There's a different level of there. Uh, someone who influences you, they're asking you to engage your life, your relationships, your mission, your business differently, where you push yourself a little better. It's that, you know, kid, I think you can do better. When you get that from a parent, from a leader, from someone, it activates something in you. When it's, right. when it's shared in a caring, thoughtful, cheering on way, mm -hmm. but honest, it makes you rise to another level. And I think that's where ultimate influence comes from. I, when I think about it, I think of it as like the, the power to serve others effectively. Mm -hmm. And like you, you certainly have a ton of influence. I, you know, you, you've reached millions of people, Brendan, and, and challenged them and, and pushed them forward. And, and I, I love the High Performance Academy stuff that, that you, you do. And just your overall, even Experts Academy, where yeah. you're taking people who, who haven't even made the first step and, and they're doing it, which is, which is admirable. So you've mastered that influence thing, I think, better than, than huge numbers of people. What are the, what are the three most influential books about this kind of stuff that you've read, other than mm. the ones you wrote? The Motivation Manifesto obviously would be on the list, but since you wrote it, it doesn't count. Gosh, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> uh, Neither does the Bulletproof Diet, in case you've read it. <laughs> you know, um, I love handbooks from psychology on development of expert performance. Okay. So uh, if you just type in, you know, handbook of expert performance. Uh, there's always a series of those that come mm -hmm. from psychological departments, but also people who are studying true acquisition of expertise yeah. and skill. Yeah. So at, at that level, I'm an academic wonk. I love okay. those handbooks. Um, I would say in my personal practice, uh, the power of now is really important yeah. to me from Eckhart Tolle, mm -hmm. uh, because I already understood the concept and I already applied it, but that gave me more reason and yeah. more depth in it. And I think real high performance ultimately in whatever you're doing comes from that engagement with the presence. Um, I love Flow by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. Mm -hmm. uh, I think was really the quintessential original book. Uh, he didn't call it necessarily high performance, he called it optimal living. Mm -hmm. uh, but Mihaly is an uh, amazing uh, psychological grandmaster, one of the founders of positive psychology with Marty Seligman. I would say those three books truly shaped me. Awesome. Uh, I've, I've 
I think I've read at least, I don't know the handbook of psychology, but the other two absolutely I've read. Yeah. But I'm interested in, or handbook of expert, you said? Yeah, handbook of expert development. Okay. Or, or the development of expertise, I can't remember which way it All goes, right. but it comes out every two or three years. Um, we'll put it in the show notes, so okay. I'll, I'll find it and point. make sure, and that way everyone who listens can find it. And, uh, the whole transcript of this is on is online for you anyway, yeah. so it's easy. And then today, just mm-hmm. add globally, anything you get on neuroscience. Anything on neuroscience, like, amen. Period. Like, any, like anything yeah. out on neuroscience right now is just changing the game, so I think at a global level, that's my most intense reading in high performance. I know it is yours. Absolutely, uh, neuroscience matters. Uh, half the speakers at the conference there are neuroscientists, right? <laughs> Now, there's something else, that, uh, speaking of high performance and all that stuff, uh, you just told me when we sat down that you've got something going on with Oprah, which is totally badass. <laughs> um, what, what's your deal with Oprah? <laughs> uh, you know, I got uh, introduced to them over a year or so at the Oprah Winfrey Network, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just sharing some concepts of what we've done in online courses. Right. And uh, then uh, dear friend Ariana Huffington launched a course with them. And I supported that, and in the process of this conversation came, well, Brendan, we should do a course together. Then we kicked it back and forth over a period of time, and finally it was like, yes, let's do a course where we help people find what is that next bold move for themselves. What, what's, what is the difference between people who can create the future they want and those who can't? Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with high performance. Yeah. It has a lot to do with psychology and productivity and physiology and purpose and their people skills. But some people seem to be able to create the future they want, and other people struggle. So what would that be? So we created a four-week online course, okay. and it breaks it down from d- helping you in, in module one really develop clarity in these different areas of your life to helping you make better decisions for yourself, your okay. family, your mission, your dream, to how do you evaluate opportunities where we're all flooded with so many things, and part of the distraction is people just don't know where to go because mm-hmm. they don't know how to evaluate opportunities, to how do you gain real massive momentum every single day with your habits, so the course is called Your Next Bold Move. It's on Oprah.com. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, I'm really thrilled what? about it because it's a lifelong dream and ambition to have met her, uh, yeah. met Oprah, and I'd actually shot and filmed the whole course by the time I met her. And talk about high performance because you get the call. And I've been traveling, mm-hmm. I've been working, and it's like, could you be you know, over uh, in New York in whatever it was, 48, 72 hours, yeah. after I've just finished five days on stage, mm-hmm and come and meet Oprah. And I thought, yeah, well, A, I'll get there. But yeah. then B, I thought, oh my gosh, I hope I have enough energy. And I stopped myself. Yep. Okay, I got 48 hours. What would I need to start doing right now to condition my energy so that when I went in there, be like I was in my best self, yeah. my yeah. best place. And if I didn't know the things that you, uh, you know, teach, supply, uh, espouse, the same things. The that, things that you know as well. Every, yeah. If I didn't know all the high performance habits, yeah. I would have been a total train wreck. Mm-hmm. But that's why I tell people to have these things. And I look like what you said about influence. It's the power to serve. Uh, high performance to me is so much of, it's that. It's, it's having the, the, the power to be your best self when life demands of it. Yes. And right now, life demands it all the time. Yeah. So we got to teach people how to access that. The course helps tremendously with that. And, and I would, uh, from what you were saying, it sounds kind of like a, a mini version of, of what you teach at Experts Academy, which is a very high-end event. High Performance Academy, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I said, like I said a, Experts, I'm in High Performance Academy, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I laugh about it because we were sitting there recording it, my videographer's like, you, you usually teach that at your you know $1,000 level stuff. And I said, yeah, but one of the things I love about Oprah Winfrey Network is their desire to bring mm-hmm. these concepts to the masses. Yep. Because it really, like I said, it's not a luxury anymore. This is a need to figure mm-hmm. out how do I optimize li- my life. But most importantly, I think everyone is looking to tomorrow mm-hmm. these days, and they're a little skittish about it. Yeah. And they're worried about how it 
might be and what their tomorrow might be like. And again, I was like, no, you can generate your future. You don't have to yeah. just have this experience. Like, no, you could generate, like you could start doing habits and behaviors, use tools and strategies today to create an extraordinarily compelling and amazing tomorrow, mm -hmm. you just need to know those things. And that's what I'm trying to reveal in our work. And I know you and I do this together on the podcast as well. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to ask the team to put together a URL. I, I know Oprah tracks where good stuff comes from. So if, if you like this, <laughs> um, track it. Bulletproof.com slash Brendan or Bulletproof.com slash Oprah. They'll both go to the same place just so you can find it quickly. So if you're at work or driving, you can type that in and it'll take you there. Uh, Brendan, I don't even know if we have some sort of affiliate thing set up on this. That's not why yeah. I'm doing that. Just yeah. let people find it. We'll, we'll work on that exactly. afterwards. This is completely ad hoc. But um, it, it is cool. And if, if you know, everyone listening goes to that URL, bulletproof.com slash Brendan. And who knows, maybe I'll get to meet Oprah someday. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, people who are spreading great messages for other yeah. people, they get recognized. I've always seen it. I mean, my whole life. I mean, I, I feel like you and I have met because of that. Uh, absolutely. We, we met people who you and I both helped and served, and then they connected us. Yeah. I really believe that. Like, deliver, support, promote great messages, on, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's when you finish this podcast today, send it to five people. Yeah. Just email your five best friends. I'm like, I like this session. Listen to it. Because that all comes back to all of us. I really believe yeah. as we spread good things in the world, they come back. Very, very well said. Uh, Brendan Burchard, thanks for being on the show, man. <laughs> it's always it. good to see you. Yeah, great seeing you. Thanks, buddy. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.